Hello there and welcome to another episode of Ruben's podcast, a show in which I talk to people about their life over the last decade and the lessons they've learned along the way. On today's show, I'm speaking with Gopal Khanna. Over the last couple of years, Gopal's been building her company, Tape Tail, and we talk about the series of events which led her to start it. It all begins back in 2013, when right after graduating, she worked very briefly for an NGO, an experience which would leave a lasting mark for many years to come. So let's get into the conversation. After I graduated, I had gotten through uh, uh, LSC uh, for my masters and I had 3 months in Lucknow uh, where I was like, you know, I don't have anything to do. Um and I came across this really cool opportunity with this NGO called Sanat Kada. Uh wherein they were basically working with the inmates in jail in Lucknow. and they were teaching them different subjects uh, i had some preconceived notions about what it'll be like and everything but as like theek hai you know let's see let's see what it's like do you remember and, do you uh, remember what those preconceived notions were yeah i mean you're so like jail right like it's such a like you've seen it in movies you've like read about it in newspapers and you always have this image that okay i'm i'll be meeting people who i don't know like you know like you you already have this judgment in your head right like mm. they're criminals um and uh, this was a women's jail uh so i just wanted to kind of go and see what th- what that world is like and man my first day over there and my mind was blown i met some of the most amazing humans in that jail and um i was just like um, you know and a lot of them hadn't even had a chance to kind of uh, you know apply for bail because they didn't have enough money or their family had abandoned them and you know that for me as silly as it sounds it was an eye opener as like you know i have these uh, strange preconceived notions about people uh, when i'm not even hearing their stories from their mouth and now when i meet them i'm like oh shit this is not what it is and you know it's it's funny but like even till date you know some i'm in touch with some of those people when they got out they are the nicest people they i mean they, they haven't they hadn't committed a crime uh, even if they had committed a minor offense they they had been in jail for years for basically because they didn't have money to get out it was just all these different scenarios um in fact i ended up writing a book on this as well a work of fiction but i was so inspired being in that space that i ended up writing about it too so yeah it was that i think so i did that for a period of 3 months i was going every other day uh, spending 4 5 hours there teaching people meeting all these uh, new awesome people who had like such an insane impact on the way i just look at life Yeah. Do do you remember some of these conversations you had had with them, which changed your perspective? I I would argue they were in jail for a reason, right? Uh, maybe something, or they were at least convicted or allegedly convicted for something. But clearly, you know, based on what you're saying, is in very few conversations something really shifted. Um. So do you do you remember what those conversations were like, and like what resulted in yeah. you change that perspective? Yeah. So basically, you know, uh, it's something like uh, you're going to teach their teach over there, right? And you would uh, these women were so interested in learning because they were like, you know, we have lived a life where we have been so dependent on our families for finances for everything that uh, we don't know who we are. and we are interested in learning because once we get out of this place even if it's 20 years later we don't want to go back to that life we want to build our own life so that we can stand on uh, on our own feet and be able to um, you know uh, feed our kids and not go back to a man and go back to kind of like square one 
mm-hmm. where the situation that landed them over here in the first place so you know like this this is like one of the conversations right plus their children were living with them you know they were like these 6 7 year olds living with them in the jail oh. because uh, yeah because uh, at that time so now the law has changed but at that time basically if the child is under a certain age they're supposed to live with the mother in the jail if there is no other guardian to take care of them that's insane exactly right so I, and these kids were like it was it, like you imagine right like you see my face and you imagine like it was such a uh, eye opening experience for me i was like um, and so eager to learn so eager to see the world like i remember this one conversation i had with this kid where i was just telling them about uh, uh somewhere that i'd gone and i'd um, i mentioned like in a very random i was telling them a story and i mentioned the ocean and they didn't know what the ocean was and i kind of um, you know for that moment i was like okay you know, now i'm obviously like i've seen i think a little bit more of the world but at that time at that age i hadn't i think and uh, it was just like okay this is wow and you know i go on to explain it and you know that that shine in their eyes and it was just so beautiful that to yeah. be able to uh, you know i i don't know like it was just uh, it was just beautiful even that kid i'm still in touch with and she was one of the protagonists in the book uh, wow. that i wrote what is she up yeah. to these days like right now she's just graduated from like her class 12 yeah huh. so so basically you've kept in touch with her since for like 7 years now almost Yeah, do she used to write me these letters and stuff and send them on WhatsApp and whenever I would come to Lucknow I'd go meet her yeah. Wow. One of the most special bonds I've had, yeah. Wow. And and what like <laughs> what are the most common crimes for which these women were in 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 jail? So I was actually uh, teaching in the central jail which is not like the normal regular jail. This is like a proper facility. So mm-hmm. here all the crimes are serious crimes like there was murder and everything. And did you ever talk to them about those crimes? Yeah, they were very openly mentioned. You know, there were a couple of people who even confessed. They were like, you know, yeah, we've done this and we repented. We're 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 sorry for it. We, I shouldn't have, but it was in that moment they tell you the story, they tell you what it is. So there were people who, you know, very they told me, yeah, we did it and uh, we're sorry. There were also women who uh, were not at all sorry for it, which was, I mean, I don't know, I don't want to really like say anything about that, but I met all sorts of people there, right? And that was, I think, why that experience was so eye-opening. Yeah. Well, if if you were to look back and and think about the biggest, you know, takeaway from that experience, what what do you think that is for you? That that was the time when I decided that I want to come back to India. Basically, no matter where I go, this is where I want to be because uh, the kind of fulfillment I felt uh, there, I I feel like I did. I it was, and it wasn't because I was in a jail or anything. It was I think just that I wanted to be here. You know, that's why the first time I felt connected for some odd reason. And mm-hmm. I think my biggest biggest takeaway was. Uh, to not just to be less judgmental in life and i think i've tried to at least tried my best to take that lesson through and mm-hmm. uh, yeah i think that that was my biggest biggest takeaway so so as soon as you finished that short stint you went to to london i would say now with a different perspective knowing that you wanted to come back new york la these are like dreams for for, for people talk to me about what life like what you did and how those years were <laughs> so london was So it was a lot of padhai. I'll keep that aside. But I think I wanted this uh, these two years of my life to be just saying yes to a lot of things, you know. Because I think I'd spent a lot of time in Stephen saying no to a lot of things. Mm. Because I think I was here. I was. I had restrictions. Uh, my parents were quite strict. Um, so I was. I mean, I'm sure you also remember, right? I would say no to a lot of experiences and things like that. Yeah. So I, for me, it was this time was like I want to really like explore. Um, 
different opportunities different things even something as you know silly as i want to be able to party i want to be able to you know go out and just be that person yeah. and see if i enjoy doing that um and i did all of that you know i i i ended up doing all of that i i traveled i i studied i took up volunteering jobs like even over there i i wanted to kind of continue doing this because yeah. i realized that i i had really and from from a very selfish point of view i had really enjoyed it and i feel I felt that kind of fulfillment so i kind of did that over there as well I wrote the book so i did a lot of writing over there that was primarily london and then um, la as well uh, la me i i wanted to really get into learning how to make films and you know get into like production sets and do all those things so i remember i took up this one production assistant job and like that place was like 3 hours from where i was staying so i would wake up at like 4 am take a bus go to the set work there all day come back but it was so exciting like it was so so exciting because i was doing so many new things and i i, I think till date like i think la especially was one of the greatest learning experiences of my life because i got to do so many things just like hands on right like that university mm. was so practical uh, london was more theory usc was you know you can go make a documentary on your own you're actually pitching to like real life producers and directors mm. so it's uh, it was just this whole uh, other experience and i i loved it and then um, i think once my graduation was over it was i i thought that i wasn't done yet and i wanted to stay on because you do get that otp right yes. like uh, not otp you get that uh, opp um <laughs> <laughs> uh, wherein um, you get to stay for like another year yeah. uh, because you're a student uh, in us so i was like you know let me just make the most of it and uh, just started randomly applying for jobs just seeing things what i like to do and uh, i got this job in uh, new york mm-hmm. i was like why not let's just do another city and see the east coast yeah. as well uh, why not so um, i took that up and uh, i loved the job i didn't like new york surprisingly oh, wow. i was like this yeah I, i i don't know i think it was also just the phase in my life i was not uh, it was too lonely yaar i was just like uh, and i'm not the kind of person who normally feels like i love being on my own and stuff yeah. uh, as much as i love being with people i can totally be happy on my own but i was just like getting new york just got to me it was just like cold and snowy and so much travel and i was living in new jersey it was like this all first world problems yeah. <laughs> i was just like ho gaya bhai mera but uh, yeah so i think it was that and then what what, um, what 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 job were you doing like what what was your job So okay so that's actually a good link because i was actually working for the storytelling not for profit over there so basically they used to do like all these uh, storytelling gigs in like high schools and uh, communities uh, where people would come and share their uh, you know their life stories and we would do workshops with them so i was actually fundraising for them mm-hmm. i was in the fundraising department and uh, uh, that's that was my primary job but i eventually got more involved into actually going to these high schools and taking these workshops and attending a lot of these shows and that was the first time i was like oh this the storytelling thing is like it's a thing where yeah. people can actually like stand from the mic and narrate stories and um, that was a very not uh, different not for profit type model but um, i really enjoyed the job it was so much fun to be able to hear people's stories and i could see the kind of impact a i was really enjoying it and b i could see the impact it was having on the people who were sharing the stories right like it was it was insane to see people share a story and cry on stage and to be able to see the audience just like laughing and tearing up with them it was i was just like wow this is so raw like what is more beautiful than this to be able to just like share something and you connect with so many people yeah so i think i took that with me 
and um, it kind of stayed in my head somewhere. Yeah. But uh, then it was time to head back. I knew I wanted to head back. So. Um, did did you always I, I know? Did, did you always know the day you know you left your pack your bags and left for London that you wanted to come back, or was it like I'm going to go and see? Um, and if things you know work out a certain way, there's a chance I just you know not come back. Or, or did you know that you were coming back? I think I knew I was coming back. The max to max, what I if I would have you know like something would have really drastically changed, I would have probably stayed there for a couple more years. Hmm. But uh, and why so? Uh, no, just like in in that sense that you know if if something had drastically changed in the sense mm. that oh I got an opportunity over there that was like super exciting that you know if I leave this it'll be stupid on my part, okay. uh, but I think eventually I didn't work towards that you know I was like pretty sort sorted that I wanted to come back so I didn't even work towards finding that opportunity for myself and I think it was to be honest one of the best decisions I've taken like I don't think any of like at that point I used to feel like what now like you know I have. I have genuinely had such a great time, and I don't know what next, you know. And I think my to like with paper tail and everything. I think what I had to experience, like it couldn't have happened had I stayed there. Like mm. this could have happened only if I had come back to India. So like, there's zero regrets over there. Yeah. So so a lot of people who go to the US, like they don't have the luxury of saying that, hey, you know, I'll just do a year and I'll come back because it's expensive. Uh, was that not a of concern course. for you or? So again, see, I I am from uh, from the get go, telling you that I come from a privileged place, mm. and I fully realize it, you know. So which is why I don't take it for granted for even a second. Like mm. I know that I come from that place, and I have to make the most of whatever I have. So yeah. I think I hope that answers your question. Got it. Student debt wasn't mm. the thing you had to worry about. Student debt wasn't the thing that I had to worry about. No. Got it. That makes sense. So you finish up this stint in in the US, right? And we'll come back to the impact the storytelling had when you started Taper Tail. But when you were leaving the US and coming back to India, did you did you start looking out for a job? Did you know what you wanted to do in India? And I know you found a job as as head of comms. But talk to me about that transition from the United States, which would have been two crazy years, uh, to being back back in India. Yeah. So, I never thought of it that way. I was like. I'm a very like okay, I've made this decision type of a person. Now I'm going to be happy with this decision that I've made. Mm. So then, many thought that me ko oh shit, I'm going to miss New York. I'm going to miss. Yes, like it was zero that way, uh, zero nostalgia that way. Okay. Uh, I'm like, you know, this is what I've decided. Now I'm going to make the most of this opportunity that I want to create for myself. Um, mm. So I started looking for jobs. Um, when I told the people uh, at my New York office that I'm going to leave, I immediately started looking for jobs in India, and. Um, a lot of my life has been about being in the right place at the right time and then mm. trying to make the most of that so um surprisingly in la when i was in um, college i did an internship over there for 3 months at this uh, at this center they happened to start a similar center in bombay and mm. i was in touch with the director over there So and we used to like keep exchanging regular emails, just like general like hey WhatsApp types. And I told her casually that you know hey I am moving back to India, and if there is any opportunity, let me know. And she wrote back saying you know what we've started the center in India, and they've they've just got funding. Yeah. And uh, why don't you can why don't I connect you with the person over there? And uh, you guys take it from there. See if uh, you know you like it. If she likes you, whatever all those things. Yeah. And I wrote she connected me to the person over here, and. Uh, the job description sounded perfect uh, thankfully they liked me they actually wanted somebody who had the kind of background that i had and it worked 
uh, and this wasn't like obviously the first job that I applied for. I applied for multiple jobs before that also, yeah. but this was one of the jobs that uh, really interested me. I was like, this is the space I want to be in. It was entertainment education, which was basically mm-hmm. um, uh, using entertainment to educate people. I had done like a similar stint in like Hollywood with, with like Grey's Anatomy and stuff where they actually do research and tell you what to say on TV so that people are not misinformed. So oh, they wow. have tried to replicate the same model. Like talk to me about what this stuff on Hollywood was. Like because you said that in Grey's Anatomy, I'm sure there's a lot of research which goes behind communicating those complex, you know, medical things yeah. to people. So you worked on that or you worked on something similar when you were in the US? Yeah, so there were a bunch of shows. There was East Los High, there was Great So like the team was working on like a bunch of shows and I was part of like the research team. And so they used to work with writers. So they would work with like Shonda Rhimes and tell her that, you know, okay, if you're showing like a cancer patient, you have to mention this medication and this vaccination and this treatment. So even when you're creating drama, just make sure that the facts are correct. So if you're talking about breast cancer, make sure that you're talking like the right details so that the audience is not misinformed similarly like with East Los Hive you talk a lot about teenage pregnancy and stuff because that was a problem yeah in like that community so yeah it was that unfortunately um, we tried to replicate that in Bollywood mm. <laughs> <And> <laughs> that was a bit of a question mark <laughs> because uh, when I moved back it was very different from what it was in LA yeah um, and it was just like okay People do not care about education over here. They do not care. Like, they would be, like, there was a scene where I'm talking to a writer and uh, they're they're doing, like, a heart attack scene and he's trying to, uh, no, sorry, they're trying to, the guy has just gotten a bullet, like, he's just gotten uh, gotten shot. Mm -hmm. And uh, this person is trying to pump his heart and trying to fix it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, but no. (laughs) But what dramatic the screen page. I'm like, Yar, <laughs> this is not going to work. So, so there were a lot of those instances. Um, and there was a lot of daily soap watching that used to happen and then like write reports. And all that I used to actually enjoy because it was trying to like get somewhere with uh, with the entertainment industry in India, especially like daily soaps. But bro, it was it wasn't what I'd imagined. Like hmm. there was a lot of money that had mm-hmm. come in in terms of funding, but it wasn't being used the right way. And mm-hmm. we would show up in office at like 1 p.m., work mm-hmm. till like 4 p.m., go back home. And I'm a workaholic and I'd come back to do something, right? I was like, I have to do something with my life. I was like, what's So it was a lot of that, I think. Um, but yeah, so basically, when I worked for the same thing in Hollywood, it was just amazing. But we could not replicate that in India. I think it wasn't even like as much as their fault as it was a lot of struggle to just make that work. I'd come back to India with with this thing, right? That I really want to do something. I mean, I had this But I ended up here and like within a week, I realized that, okay, this is not my scene. Um, and for me, knowing that it was a social enterprise to see money being wasted was like a big problem. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just like, this is irresponsible more than anything else. Yep. And um, I had clashes with my boss as well, on and off. Uh, quite, I mean, so I wasn't, I mean, to be honest, I wasn't happy in that job. Uh, it was chill. It was, you know, whatever paying me well, I was like, okay, kar lete. But it, I knew that if I keep doing this, uh, I'm being unfair to myself. Yep. I mean, I had had that ex- episode, okay, when one day I was super frustrated and then I, you know, I had a showdown with my boss and I was like, I'm quitting and I left. All that had happened. And that day, that I remember that day, I was so frustrated. Um, I went, st- I left my office and I went straight to a cafe 
I opened my laptop and I had this idea, right? I knew that storytelling, I love storytelling. I love people. I want people to share their stories. I want to be able to bring out stories of ordinary people. Uh, and and com- all this completely being aware that this is ultimately going to make me feel happy. Yeah. You know, so not coming from a very selfless point of view at all. Um, it I knew that this is where I belong and I want to see, I want to build something. I want to create something of my own that I can be like, okay, this is something that I worked on. Yeah. Um, so basically that day I wrote the concept for Taper Tale. And I wrote like a two-pager. Uh, and I think this is this is exciting. This is like, I don't know. I I was like, yeah, I don't think this can make me money. Uh, it sounds stupid. It makes no sense. But as it karke dikte it started and when I first wrote the concept note, it was um, an audio uh, platform. It was a website, tapertail.com, where people will come and share uh, stories and we'll upload the stories and people can hear it. So it was, it was supposed to be an audio thing. Yeah. Like what kind of stories did you imagine people coming in and sharing? So I always wanted to be real life stories. I'll tell you the journey it has taken, mm-hmm. but... Uh, Till date, that is something that we've stuck with, that it's still real life stories. It's stories shared by people who've lived mm-hmm. them. Um, so anyway, so that day I wrote the concept note for it and it was very exciting. I sent it to like uh, a couple of my friends. I was like, is this just me? Like, am I getting excited? Yeah, is it actually something that's mm-hmm. fun? And you know, people were like, like my, I basically sent it like my two best friends and they were like, oh no, this sounds really cool. You should totally do it. I was like, okay, okay, but dekhte, abhi I have this job. Next day, like, my boss was like, you know, come back, whatever. So I also went back. I was like, okay, what do you do? Do And, um, but what I did at that time was I started working on it on the mm-hmm. side. As a passion project. I was like, I won't earn money from Let me, you know, uh, continue this job. Maybe eventually find another job. But let me do this on the side. Um, I even reached out to my cousin, who ultimately co-founded Taper Tail with me, uh, to build the mm-hmm. website. As like, you know, you're an engineer, what do you think? And, you know, we were eating pizza for like four, five hours and discussing it. And he's like, we're a website. Banate. So then, you know, I would work. Din mein. He had a crazy, he had crazy work hours. He would come to my place at like 10 p.m. Then we were working at 4-5 p.m. So it was like yeah. very exciting, all of that. And then anyway, so this happened in mm-hmm. November. And in March is when we launched mm-hmm. Taper Tail. April. It basically, for, 31st March is when we launched Taper Tail. And 1st April, I go to, and I've told my boss, okay, like I've told her that, hey, listen, I'm working on this yeah. side project and uh, this is what it is. And I've told her everything. She's been very excited. She's like, yeah, I'll help you, la, la, la. And then uh, next day, I go to office and she's seen the website and all. And she's like, I don't need to talk to you. Come to my office. And I said, okay. And she's like, uh, Kopal, I'm going to give you two options. Your option one is uh, you bring Taper Tail under my company. And your option two is you leave the job. And I was like, what? <laughs> Where did this come from? Because you've known this like for four years. And for me, it, it I wasn't feeling that bad about, uh, it wasn't a shocker because like I had had like crazy experience in that office anyway. Uh, and it wasn't about losing the job as much. I was like, wow, am I overnight going to be jobless? <laughs> I'm like earning no money in Bombay. <laughs> what is happening to my life? Yeah. Um, anyway, so she gave me the weekend to take this call. And uh, 
so i thought i thought about it and i'd spoken to my dad and i was like you know these are the things and i don't know and like tape you know i just launched it and i was really i was one day like it was one day also i was like mai kya hi karungi ab life ke sath but anyway so i decided that on monday i'll tell her that i'm i want to leave the job there's no way i can bring tape tail under your company because that makes no sense even if it's a passion project i don't enjoy working with the company anyway so that yeah. makes no sense and but before i could do that on saturday i had an, a long email from her saying that i've been fired So, I was like, cool, uh, sure. That and, is and what, what it is. And she's and like, no, no. Did, did they give you a reason no, on why they were fired? You? So they no. So not really. They said that it's also a communication-based thing, and uh, even though it was completely unrelated, and yeah. So basically, you can't be doing like two communication. related things at the same time because it's kind of conflict of interest in some way so that was the that was the reason for uh, which i mean i did not want to argue because it was super gray that way but yeah. even though it was clear than fancy what it was but anyway so i was fired and without a notice period and uh, <laughs> i was like cool yeh din dekhna bacha tha masters karne ke baad naukri se nikal diya jaye tell me what was going what was going through your head that weekend like do you remember i, I i'm sure you do like Like what were you thinking when you got that email that, hey, you've been fired? I was, um, I was stressed. I was, I was. My main concern was that yeah, मेरे को मुझे पता है. But then I had spent four months on that, mm. right? So I was like, and I had curated a bunch of stories. मैंने mm-hmm. around three stories website के लिए curate करी थी before they were launched. Mm-hmm. And मुझे पता था that I had, at that point I had gotten that feeling that. This is it, you know. Like I had gotten that feeling mm-hmm. already, but I was avoiding it because I was like, "Ki mujhe pata hai ki I'm not going to make money mm-hmm. out of this. If if not this thing, not anytime soon." Yeah. And for me, the scary part was to uh, I had thought that my journey will be smooth in the sense that oh, I'm working on this side. May I have a job? I'm paying my rent. Everything is going fine. Yeah. And then you know, if at all tape tail does you know do well, I will see. You yeah. know. and now overnight i was like uh, okay i have to take a decision now yeah so that was the stressful part right i was like who's going to pay like i don't have money to pay my now next month's rent and mom be like what 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 is the situation that i am yeah. in um but anyway um but the decision of like i think i had kind of even at that time i'd made up my mind that i want to quit like it wasn't that but it was also scary to be able to think that acha now now i have to like Go through this process again, and what if now the next job is like twelve hours work day, yeah. and either to I'm working for six seven hours, I have time on that, so I have to quit that also because I have to do this thing. So it was like all these things, and I was also like in that phase, I was like I don't know if I'm making the right decision to start this. What have I done? There was a lot of self doubt, but uh, I think once it was done, once you know I got that email, okay, okay, you know, give your laptop back, give your all this thing. I was like, okay, this is done. Let's just move on and figure the next steps. And within like an hour of receiving that email, I immediately got for on job search, and I was like, you know, I have enough confidence that I, if I spend enough time on this, I will find myself another job, and uh, I will be able to, you know, uh, find a way out of this situation and be able to do tape tail as well. So I did that, and uh, I did find a job also eventually. Mm-hmm. With I think in a month, I found a job. But again, I was. at that time i actually was conflicted because that job was um, it was very time consuming mm-hmm. and mere ko pata tha if i take up that job uh, tape tail will take yeah. a back seat so as ik i don't know if i can take another full time job right now because mujhe bahut maza aa raha tha tat yeah. karne mein it was really fun 
So then I was like, okay, what is another solution? So then I was like, okay, what about I take up some freelance work, some regular freelance work, which would probably at least allow me to mm-hmm. work at my own space uh, and my own pace. And I can be at home, not commute to like lower parale, spend three hours in commute and, you know, spend that time as well and just be at home and do my thing. So I actually ended up taking two mm-hmm. part-time jobs. Both were writing gigs majorly. One was editing, one was writing. I was doing that on the side. So I was basically... Uh, working three jobs and I was earning enough to be able to yeah. live in Bombay like pay my rent and be able to be like you know I can yeah. I can just live and I was okay with that I was like Meku, I don't want anything more than this for now because I was feeling really good about about yeah. paper tail and I was getting a good feeling about that but it was insane I was at that that phase I remember so clearly I would wake up with my laptop I would sleep with my laptop I would like in the middle of the night for it and be like laptop like it was just like yeah. it was crazy and I did that I did that for like a year and a half Without like complaint, like no complaints. I was crazy, but no complaints. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I did that for a year and a half till I could be like, okay, I think I can withdraw the same amount from Taper Tail yeah. now. And uh, yeah, know. so that that's super interesting. Um, okay, and and we'll quickly come back to you know the Taper Tail journey because I think that's like like everything yeah. since you left university. I think somehow points to that direction that this was eventually going to happen. But I'm very curious to know, you started off with this thesis that paper deal would not make money, at least would not make money now until a very long time. At what point, like what was the first rupee in? Like what was, like what created that first money in for paper deal? So, you know, I think, uh, I think being able to uh, see an opportunity and be like, let mm-hmm. me tap that, even though that did not match the concept note that I wrote. Because the concept note that I wrote, if I stuck to it, I would probably not be making any money right now either. I wrote a concept note where I had a website where audio recording log karte hai, hai stories bhejte hai, stories dalte uh, We still have that website. We still upload stories over there. It's great. But I haven't made a single penny out of that website. So what, now again, when I say that there have been a lot of things in my life where I have been at the right place at the right time, I'll give you a very good example of that. Um, when I started Taper Tail, parallelly, which I wasn't aware of at all, there was another movement happening in India, which was the poetry movement. I'm not a poet. This wasn't supposed to be a poetry platform, but there was a movement happening. Okay, so let, let, let me pause you there. One or two let me pause you there. Can you explain a bit for okay. people tuning in what the poetry movement was very briefly? It was simple. It was people coming and poets coming and sharing stories on YouTube. Mm. Uh, so these are simple videos. People, one person standing on the stage narrating a three-minute poem. And uh, for some reason, people were suddenly enjoying that. And these videos were getting a Got million it. views. Now, the funny part is, the Taper Tail videos... Okay, so yeah. I'll go thoda piche. We did We did the website till... Uh, launched in March. We did the website, just the website till July. And I always had it in my head that I want to do mm-hmm. events. But I was always like, in events who will tell stories? Who will be the audience? Who will buy tickets? Nobody knows us. We're getting like 50 views on the website. Who's going to do yeah. this? Till uh, my co-founder spoke to one of his professors. And he was like, you know, we have this plan, like long-term vision, that we have to do events. And he's like, why are you doing this? And we're like, oh shit, why are you doing this? Like, I, I get it, like, we have that thing in our head that nobody will buy, but let's do it at least. Let's do a 10-seater event. Who's asking us to do a 100-seater event or 200? Let's do a 10-people event and see what yeah. it feels like. 
एंड वी डिड आर फर्स्ट इवेंट बहुत फनी स्टोरी है बट वी वर प्लानिंग अ वेरी छोटू इवेंट ऑफ लाइक ट्वेंटी पीपल and we managed to reach out to some six seven people on who had narrated stories on our website to be like hey we're doing this event will you please come and narrate stories and like we don't know how many people will show up but let's do it yeah and we booked like a random cafe and everything now some two weeks before the event everything is set humne bahut pagal ki tarah cafes vagera dhoonde hain two weeks before the event my flatmate at that point who had found through facebook um had gone on one or two dates with kunal kamra hmm is the comedian okay एंड मेरे को दिमाग में था कि मेरे को कुछ भी हो जाए नो मैटर व्हाट द ओनली थिंग आई वाज ऑफ आई वांट अ कमेडियन टू होस्ट दिस इवेंट बिकॉज आर स्टोरीज गेट वेरी इंटेंस लाइक द वेरी इमोशनल स्टोरीज एंड आई वांटेड समबडी हु वुड ऐड दैट लाइट ह्यूमर टू द इवेंट सो मुझे पता था मुझे कमेडियन चाहिए बट आई नॉट एनी कमेडियन एंड शी स्टार्टेड शी वेट वन डेट विद कुनाल कैमरा एंड शी दिस गिव यू हिज नंबर डोंट टेल हिम आई गिवन यू नंबर कॉल हिम एंड आस्क Why would Kunal Kamra, who who is a big yeah. deal, agree to do my event? But I was like, let's call him. I randomly, without texting him, I just picked up my call. I was like, Hi Kunal, let's go on this side. I've actually just started a platform called Tape Tale. It's a storytelling platform. Doing the first event, will you host it? And he's like, mm, Sure. And we what? Wow! <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I'll do it. It sounds cool. Nobody's doing this. It sounds cool. Um, I just have one condition. Uh, uh, I want to do this event only at this particular venue. So if you manage to get this venue, I'll host it. I said, cool. I'm giving you the number of the venue guy. You talk to this guy and let's see where it goes. I called up the venue person. What was the venue? He, it was the Habitat, which is where all these poetry videos were being shot. <laughs> so our first event. so this guy the the balraj who was the uh, so we we hadn't thought of ki shoot karenge kuch bhi nahi socha tha humne this guy is like dude hamara shooting venue hai hum log ye poetry video shoot karte tumhara bhi event shoot kar dete hain you guys see tum log ko dalna hai ki nahi dalna hai so we were like okay okay let's shoot it we shot it and uh, we were like okay theek hai and then they forgot to record the audio for that event and uh, i said shoot dude but anyway you were like ab shoot ho gaye to videos dalte hain youtube pe and that's how the youtube channel hmm. started and to come back this first event was a sold out event because camera was on the cover and uh, all our friends showed up sub like all my friends were just like we'll be there to support them 25 to mere dost aage the and then camera ke 20 25 audience so we had like 60 people in the crowd and like what is happening there is we have to say no to people to enter houses even the thing so it was insane i was like how but yeah anyway so that happened So so back yeah. so just just feeling in back to the question okay. I'll ask you on, <laughs> what was the first money in was it ticket sales ticket sales it was this event it was so you sold tickets, tickets for this event we sold sixty wow. tickets for this event for two fifty rupees and I was it was a shocker and since then we've been doing events and yeah yeah that's amazing so so fast forward now to you know 2021 yeah. talk to me talk to me where has table tale reached from its humble origins ha huh. so basically so yeah so exactly so what had, what happened because of that poetry movement is that people started recognizing our videos also as you know videos that are shot like in poetry style and stuff right and uh, initial so a lot of people are resonating table tale with like good writers coming and performing mm-hmm. so something that i hadn't anticipated at all was uh that i am doing this in a place where there is fandom ka culture 
in and crazy fandom culture like you know you see somebody and people people start following them everywhere and you know there is like um you know i didn't realize that our storytellers will start gaining thousands of followers and lakhs of followers mm-hmm. so then they you know they'll start getting gigs from people and they will start you know getting corporate gigs and you know all those mm-hmm. things right mm-hmm. so basically today where we stand is um i think uh, i kind of understood that there was an opportunity over there also to kind of be like okay we have this bunch of writers also who can do poetry also who can write scripts also who can you know um narrate also so you know we kind of moved a little away from what the the initial vision mm-hmm. was and uh, started doing all these different events and uh, you know more of youtube and all those things so i think today where we are at uh, is uh, we're back to square one because we're doing no events thanks to covid but <laughs> but uh, we're planning to get back to that so yeah i think uh, i i don't know how to answer questions in the sense that where i am right so- now I, all I can say is that I'm very happy, <laughs> but there is still a long way to go with Taper Tail yeah. for sure. No, no. So, so what I was trying to ask is like, like describe to me the business today because I'm sure it's changed a lot. You started off oh. with a with a vision of doing, yeah. you know, audio stories and a website. You quickly went to do events, which were clearly a hit. You started uploading on YouTube, um, and now based on what you're saying, is that you have a roster of you know writers and storytellers. So, so describe like how would you describe Taper Tail as a business to someone today? So Tapetail is still a crowdsourced platform mm-hmm. for storytellers that is what it is at yep. at its core but if you are talking about like as a business as uh, as yep. revenue models it is a it is a space where um, it's a space for for writers for sure so you know you're uh, in the sense that you know if a brand comes to us and says okay i'll give you like the latest brand campaign yep. that we did right uh, we did something with open cupid which is a dating yep. platform because we're storytellers and writers we can create campaigns for brands as well so they'll come to us and they'll be like hey this is this is our brand this is what we want to do can you tell us how do we go about it so we design a campaign which is around storytelling mm-hmm. we have writers to write that and then also perform we also have a distribution platform to be able to kind of got it give them that reach as got well it. so it becomes like this you know overall uh, got it space that we can give them to not just ideate write but also to distribute so that is like the biggest thing but then other than that there is also like a bunch of you know offline events with corporates there's workshops we are doing we started a school for storytellers so wow. yeah there's like a bunch of things oh wow. yeah i i think i i recently saw one i think you guys probably did it for amazon wherein you were going and speaking to small businesses uh and i think i saw the episode with the with brass yeah. um the two guys who were doing the brass yeah. it was amazing yeah. uh, i i love that um because just like like it, it's so different from your taper tail stories because that's very raw it's very emotional but this is like so relatable and it's like almost a new um like almost a new genre right like completely different like smes and and things like that so i loved it but that's where i want to get also eventually like i want to continue doing this but i want to diversify and be able to tell stories yeah. in a different way so not just like one person standing from the mic but you know like can we do documentaries yeah. can we do web series can we do movies you know can we to interviews there's so many things different forms of storytelling yeah. that i still want yeah. to explore yeah. most businesses when they when they scale right and i'm sure it's been with you also usually have this inflection point when you know at at that point everything changes and then it's like almost like a rocket ship growing was there a point or, or do you remember the point where that that thing like changed for for tipetail and you i don't know if there was one point i think there've been multiple points where things have like taken a yeah. different turn uh, but i think our, our first thing would be like 
our first viral video to you know from like 500 views 1000 views 1500 views you're suddenly seeing a video go to 30000 views and then 40000 views and that's like oh people are yeah. watching this and our first video went viral in like it didn't go viral in india it went viral in oh, uae wow. it was a video called proud to be born in india where the storyteller is narrating a story it was we released it around uh, republic day and like i i don't know how it went viral probably because the storyteller a lot of the storyteller community was in uae maybe that was the reason but uh, it started doing numbers and it was it was just like wow do 30000 people want to watch this story i thought <laughs> this is crazy so i think that kind of just keeps giving you the confidence that okay and maybe the content is resonating yeah. with people yeah so i think i think that was one of the bigger ones but i think other than that there hasn't been like this one like oh my god moment mm-hmm. uh, but uh, there have been a lot of those you know little moments that have shaped shaped that Uh, and i think it's still happening right like there's so much i still want to do and there's so much that i'm still learning like even during this pandemic right like i've changed so m- my vision like in the sense that this is what i wanted to do with this one year but okay now that makes no sense let me do something else with the next two years yeah. you know so i think i'm really trying to constantly recreate yeah. that also yeah what is your vision for tapetail today as much as this would suck coming from a co-founder of a company uh, <laughs> i don't have a five year plan for that uh, i am pretty much trying to uh, you know deal with that as i deal with my life which is one day at a time of course with a little bit more clarity in the sense that next this month i want to be able to make this much revenue to be able to survive and i want to be able to go to this community and get their stories out and you know give these many storytellers a platform this i this this much clarity i have but i don't think i have a five year vision but if you ask me what has changed during the pandemic is something like i'll tell you like before the pandemic my biggest thing with tattoo was that i want to get an office space i want to hire like more full time people and uh, all those things today you know i spent so much time asking myself why do i want to hire people why do i want an office and i then the answer that i got was not because i need to but because that is the thing mm-hmm. to do like that is like a milestone for Uh, co-founders or companies and i think but i don't want to do that i don't i don't need so many uh, full time people i can hire them project basis uh, you know uh, my interns are great they do a, they do a superb job they stuck around with me for like you know couple yeah. of years now so i mean i'm happy in this space why do i need an office this is working for me uh, virtual is working for me people are they are they accountable we can do meetings like this as well so it's been a lot of that and uh, you know to be able to Uh, just listen to my heart more and more and be like this is what i want to do rather than following what the right yeah. path should be to follow or what the path that you know that the books say you should follow like you know go for investment go for that you know to be able to find my spot of being like i'm satisfied with where i am yeah. right now let me explore something else you know i think for me to be able to say that has been like my biggest mm. learning during this yeah. last one year yeah i know that makes a lot of sense i think a lot of people have a certain belief for whatever reasons like you said right you know you need to get an office you need to hire a lot of people but then when you really ask yourself hard on why do i want it it's like you know i don't know why i believe that but i i actually don't yeah exactly yeah. and on that i'm very curious to know like and i've i've seen this first hand with a lot of you know founders ceos I think the the growth and the the way you change as a as a leader uh, especially as a co-founder is tremendous right you you on the day you're starting the company you're, you're a visionary you're hacking things together 
and then as your company scales you have to you know build a team you have to set vision you have to you know firefight like copal has probably changed a lot during this journey at at tapetel when you look back like you know this was not me or, or this aspect of me has changed 100% over say the last couple of years so i'm a different person i'm a and you know like there have been like now when i look back it's in, like I, like i tell you the smallest example right like uh, i think through my life i have uh, been curious about a lot of things but i don't think i have really known passion like i've been curious about photography like in college about plays about writing but i don't think i have ever known the word passion till tapetel happened mm-hmm. and uh, because of that i think the kind of person that i'm like i'm i'm a lot surer of myself mm-hmm. as as a human being i think i i don't i don't know how to explain this to you but it it just uh, i'm a different person <laughs> i'm a different person in so many ways right like i for instance i never thought uh, of being able to manage accounts or being able to uh, handle money i'm doing that to uh, to be able to build a team and to see my growth through that process mm-hmm. uh, to keep myself away from that dynamics of being like you know i don't want to be the boss mm-hmm. initially i was like i have to be the boss i have to be commanding mm-hmm. but to learn through this journey that it i don't think it will work if i am the boss it will work if i am a colleague if i am a friend and if i uh because also the business is such we are dealing with stories and emotions right i it it has to be looked at it from that pov mm-hmm. like initially i was a lot about no tapetel ka kaam hona hai you know like this has to get mm-hmm. done you know to be able to change that to okay the person standing in front of me has their own life mm-hmm. they're coming from their own points of struggle and to be empathetic towards mm-hmm. that has been a very like as as much as like it makes me sound like some you know some uh, weird person pre this realization but i did have this realization where i was like no tapetel is not the center of everybody's world <laughs> it's yeah. center of my world initially like the first one year of tat versus like now i have seen like so much change in me it's in, it's insane i don't think i had ever thought that i'd be able to run a business to walk into rooms uh into board meetings and be able to present my ideas you know i can do that a lot more confidently now because i have a lot more faith in those ideas now initially i was very nervous when i would walk into these big rooms and i'd be surrounded by like 20 men and be like i don't know what to say you know to be able to be more comfortable in my skin you know like a lot of people tell me when i go to these big offices like you should i should be dressed in a certain way i should be you know my hair should be a certain way but i was like but this is who i am you know this is the person i am so why can't and if i'm if i am that way even when i'm walking to these big rooms i'll probably be more comfortable when i'm pitching my ideas or talking to them or conducting those meetings so um i think i think all those things uh have been like a very major yeah. major major yeah. learning curve that's me. super fascinating yeah. here's a slightly tough one for you and you know i asked because um it's happened like for my experience in nevasa you know fantastic i think we we learned so much of that experience but when we were building it it was super super hard you know what has been your lowest point during the journey at tapetel and if you want to share that yeah no of course i think um, initial the first one year at tat even though i was very happy doing what i was doing something that i haven't told a lot of people is that i was going through major anxiety because of self doubt and just feeling like if i'm doing the right thing if i'm like 
even if this is going to end up anywhere i'm spending so much time and if this does not work this time is accounted mm. for nothing you know so um, i think there was a lot of you know i wasn't being able to give time to my friends my family uh, i was basically completely involved in in this and did not get a lot of time to just deal with what i had felt like you know like how casually i told you about the entire mm. transition phase of getting fired finding a job la 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 i think i never uh kind of let myself process all of that and i just like kind of dove into things one after the other yeah. um so i think the first one year was a lot of me waking up at you know like 6 am and feeling like i don't think you know i'm doing the right thing and just feeling very you know just just feeling very anxious and low for no reason at all right it was um it was i think that was personally my my lowest low in terms of like that and but i'm glad that happened because when i realized that this mm-hmm. is happening to me today i can say that you know i have worked on that and kind of been able to figure a balance for myself where uh, you know i have decided to take time to process things and be like you know i don't have to be constantly at it and it is not the end of the world if some things mm-hmm. don't work out you know like because you get so obsessed right like i'm sure yeah. you felt it too right that that becomes yeah. your world and you're so obsessed with growing it and you know being like i want to see it at a certain place and you know it's just you have so much you expect so much from yourself that you don't even know how much yeah. you're draining yourself so i think uh, if you just talk about like the emotional low i think that was that was my mo- the, yeah. the lowest yeah i totally low. echo that I, i remember when to to the end of nivasa when we knew that we were going to wind things down my biggest fear was no what do i tell a, a future employer what i did for the last 2 years like what do i put on my cv right <laughs> I, like it, it's just like yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. super intimidating now when you look back all the way to maybe copal uh, in 2013 when you were leaving university uh, given that you've had such an interesting journey are there any pieces of advice or like what would be the two pieces of advice you you would give her oh god oh man <laughs> that's a tough one um i don't know let me think about this one what would i tell 2013 gopal i would tell her to i would tell her to just like keep following her gut and uh, you know and a lot will I, i'll just tell her that you know like a lot of what you think is permanent right now is not and it will change whether it's personal stuff whether it's professional stuff whether it's you know family related a lot of things that you are thinking that okay this is there to stay the good stuff or the bad stuff it's not going to stay a lot of things will just shuffle around and people will change your most important relationships will probably not be there and uh, but you'll get to a good place and you just have to have faith in yourself i think that's what i tell her that's amazing <laughs> so i i and we are we almost thank you <laughs> <laughs> so let me make it easy for you. You you get to ask me one question. Um I I ask all my guests to ask me a question at the end of the show after all the questions I've asked you. So what what question do you have for me? Okay. So since you're doing this podcast where you're trying to like talk to people uh their 10 year journey and everything you tell me uh in the last 10 years what has been that one most pivotal moment for you? So I think for me it would surely be starting Nivasa. Um and I think it was pivotal yeah. because 
until you know until that point and i was talking to somebody about this um earlier today in fact yeah i, I was discussing this with somebody um we have is, i'm part of this podcast fellowship so i was telling them about whatever they asked the same question that you know what is a pivotal moment which you know you link up to your podcast uh, and it was the same thing it was it was when i started nivasa because until that point you know school stephens bain it was a very predetermined and set path and it was at that point of time wherein you decided to take one step away from the path and be like okay let's face the fire right or let's face the uncertainty and by the way at that point of time i had no clue that this is what i was going to do so consciously i was not telling myself that i'm going to like step off the like beaten path right it was cool to start companies at that point of time so you know in some sense you were still trying to stick and do what everybody else were doing but um, but yeah just like like entering the real world wherein nobody really cared yeah. about you know what degree you have nobody really cared what job you did nobody really cared what your views and opinions were it only mattered what you would do for them i think that was super pivotal because i think that has sort of laid the foundation to whatever i did beyond that right and whatever i'm doing now or whatever i want to do in the future i think it also made us deal with uncertainty very very early on so exactly what what you were saying about you know doubting yourself not knowing if you're doing the right thing or not i think everybody faces this over time and it's 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 almost like a muscle right i, I don't think it, the feeling ever goes away it's a muscle you keep flexing and you keep getting better and better at dealing yeah. with the uncertainty so so yeah i think i think that was a was was i would say over the last 10 years maybe could be one but yeah like there are so many other which were like yeah. things along the way that's amazing man yeah i think that's that kopal thanks a ton i it's been so good like listening to the story and and i'm so glad you did this because like i've been always like seeing paper tail and like even your book but i think hearing the story and knowing how like the couple i remember from university eventually just kept you know following that thread to eventually you know doing this amazing thing um it's been so so awesome so thank you for sharing all of that yay thank you ruben this was actually super super fun i mean i spoke about a lot of things that i this was i'm glad that this was like a long conversation yeah and you know you actually got to like speak a lot about things that i would normally like we would never like meet at a party and talk about these 100%. things right so i'm glad that yeah It, we, it's we did this. it's insane like I, i was telling somebody that these are all the people that you know if we run into each other at some point we will of course like chat but like i love the fact that and it's quite weird that we actually don't even have these conversations with people we really know um and exactly. um, yeah so so but no thank thanks for for doing this and that's a wrap thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the podcast If you've been enjoying these conversations, do subscribe and leave a review. If you have a suggestion, topics or even people that I should speak to, do write to me. You can find me on Twitter at Norona Ruben. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can now buy me a coffee. You can find the link in the description. I upload new episodes every Friday and I'll see you in the next one.